Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's up, uh, weirdos? I'm very, very excited about this episode. It's a great one. We have Alex Sulkin, who is a writer for Family Guy, one of my favorite shows. And he's super hilarious, super great on Twitter. He's at the Sulk on Twitter. And uh, I, I've been trying to think of more and more things that I can share here. There's uh, going to be more stand-up uh, clips as I find them. And maybe we'll play some tracks uh, from my CD, uh, Impregnated with Wonder. I'd like to see if that's legal, if I can leak my own CD. Probably is. Maybe we'll do it anyway. I don't know. I'm I'm a rebel. I'm rebellious. Anyway, what uh, what I did think of was one of the things Alec and I talk about in this uh, interview is writing. Uh, I'm currently writing for a show, and of course he's a writer. And we were uh, it comes up at one point either on or off mic. We were talking about um, how family sometimes pitch us TV ideas, and I actually am always uh, delighted and always find it hilarious when my dad calls me and will leave me an idea for a show or a joke or anything at all. These are true treasures, and they're too good to share, uh, to not share. Too good to share? Uh, I don't want to do this again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it. They're too good not to share. So this is my father. You can tell he's from Boston. He's calling me. Uh, it's a little hard to understand him. He's calling me to tell, you, uh, tell me about an idea about having a Dunkin' Donuts in a storage unit as a TV show. And he got the idea because there was a prostitute that was apparently doing that in Boston. I only say that for those of you who don't speak Somerville and, uh, I want you to be able to enjoy this. So ladies and gentlemen, before we get to Alec, please enjoy my father, John Holmes, the second lovely man. Love you, dad. And, uh, remember all your, you made it weird. And, uh, Pete Holmes related needs can probably be met at PeteHolmes.com. Enjoy the show guys. Peter, this is your father calling on Sunday morning here from Boston, Massachusetts. We're having a roundtable discussion here, and we come up with a sitcom for you. It's called The Public Storage Dunkin' Donut. Okay. We're going to have a little Dunkin' Donut squeezed into a public storage. <laughs> squeezed into a public storage facility, and the people in the... People in the storage units are going to come down to Dunkin' Donuts and they're going to have a hell of a time telling their stories. Mainly about the prostitute that rented an 8x8 square and she used to do her thing in the public storage unit. But anyway, uh, I don't know why I called you, only because I could, I guess. Have a nice day. Call your mother. God love you, babe. Enjoy yourself. Uh, What's your podcast called? That's a great way to start. It's called You Made It Weird. I actually, I, I wrote down, you're actually a hard person. Hi, everybody. My name is Pete Holmes. I'm your host, and I'm here with Alex Sulkin, who's, who's super hilarious. And we've started. We've started. All right, all right. Yeah, I mean, just, just get into it. Let's do it. We're, we're a generation, I was just watching Mad Men season two, where they were talking about they're selling uh, oh, Martinson's Coffee. And the young people are like, we don't want to be told what to do. I feel that way about the beginning of the podcast. We don't want to be told when the podcast... It's just very... It just it begins. Just be, yeah. It starts... We're just in Just like it. so many things in life these days. And If death. you've waited two seconds, it's two seconds to... Exactly. Okay. Good. We're in the thick of it. Got it. We're, and we're in your home. 
You are. I'd like to thank you for having us. Oh, thanks for being here. I think you've already given uh, Katie and I a tour, and it's 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 a lengthy tour. It was it was our our feet are tired. It was lengthy, and it was a a true delight. There couldn't be more Star Wars memorabilia, and I'm happy that you've kind of enjoyed your own Family Guy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Alec is a writer on Family Guy since 2005, I believe. Right, yeah. And you enjoy that. You you yeah. have Family Guy things up. Yes, and I have been given shit for this in the past. I, I don't, don't like that. Yeah. No, I, I don't care you know, for that. I get it and, it, and and when it's funny, it's fine, So, sure. which is always the rule. Sure. But uh, <laughs> I, I these are uh, Family Guy artists, and they were uh, purchased at... Family Guy auctions that either yes. supported as some kind of charity or the artists themselves. Sure, and uh, you know I think uh, there are a lot of talented people over there, and these are some cool things. But like I, I, I really sincerely do admire. I, uh, I think I have a couple things up my own uh, kind of things that I enjoy because I like to kind of remind myself like I'm doing something that if I were to tell myself when I was uh, ten, I would have thought it was cool. Right. So why not just take a moment and be like, here's. A picture. You wrote the uh, Star Wars episode, correct? A family. I know it was probably room written, but you yes. you have your name on it, right? Which means you went off on script on it. Yes, exactly. You know a lot about this. I do. I yes. know. Yes. I, we're gonna we're gonna learn. <laughs> we're gonna grow. We're gonna learn about what that what it means. Absolutely. To be. I, and well, I'm glad you know that because usually it's kind of on us when we're talked about to like explain that whole right. process, and people are very fast to say like. Well, you wrote this episode. Right. Great. You're the funniest one there. Right, and, right, and, right. And it's most of the time, it's totally a group effort. Well, so. all the writers I know make a joke of that being like, well, thank you. Yes, I, right. yeah, I made Yeah, that was my episode. But that's their no. joke about it. It's of just course. a tone of voice. How, uh, that's actually an interesting uh, – For I'm, I'm currently on script, actually. Excellent. I'm writing on a show for Fox called I Hate My Teenage Daughter, okay. which sounds rife for being made fun of on catchy Family title, Guy. Catchy title. Catchy <laughs> title. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's a buzzword. It's well, a buzzword. You know, all the girl comedies are big now. That's like, very big. And it's so, so funny that you knew that. It is a girl comedy. It's about two divorced women and their daughters. Yeah. So it's like one of the concerns of the network is like, will people watch this? No, no men are on it. But there are men on it. But it, it, there are many shows now that are just, I mean, two broke girls is exactly. breaking all kinds of records. It's so interesting how you can track the trends. It's like, I don't know what it was that was in, our, in, our, uh, in the movies or in current television that was like, oh, people want to see girls. People want to see women right. in comedy. But it's happening right it's now. It's happening. We have like an I Love Lucy sort of thing going on. It's kind of like two Lucys. It's, it's, it, I think okay. it'll be funny. We'll see what happens. Two Lucys. Two right. Lucys. There's no unfunny one. I've actually been trained to say that because it's uh, Jamie Presley. Okay. Who is the lead? Lucy. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I'm forget her Katie. I forget her last name, but she plays her wacky kind of Kramer-esque friend. Okay. So uh, we were told to call them both Lucys. Don't be like it's one Lucy and a stranger. <laughs> They're both Lucys. That's good. Good ground I, rules right away. I actually think they are both quite funny. But I'm I'm off on script currently. I finished I finished my script. Uh, it's due tomorrow. Okay. So now we're just hanging out and doing a podcast. Oh, great! One of the little it. writers' writers' secrets. Sure. How long on Family Guy do you get? Do you get a two weeks? Two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Shut your mouth. That's amazing. Yeah. It's For a good th- amount of time. I'll just. I, I'm sure a lot of people know this, but that means that Alec doesn't have to go into the office for two 
Right. Full work weeks, like 10 work days sure. with the weekends. Yeah. Is that what yeah. it is? Yep. We got nine days, which I think is still pretty generous. Okay. Uh, nine full days total. Nine, nine full days so, and then nine work days. So you, then you get uh, weekends as well. Okay. So you, you get a good amount of time. And that's the time that, I, that I'm currently in. You're sleeping in. You're whatever you're doing. Some people go to Santa Barbara. Some people go to a hotel. If you have right. kids, you get sure. away. And it's your job to write a script in those days. And then you come back. You show it to the room. You show it to the showrunners. In right. your case, uh, Seth McFarlane. Yes. Well, yeah. now he's a little more hands off. We have a couple other guys there that are kind of running the room now. That makes sense. Yeah. He's got a lot of balls in there. Oh, so many. Ah, he's got so many balls. <laughs> he is. So, uh, so you show it to your showrunners. Yes. And then after that, it is presented to the room. And then how much of your, for example, the Star Wars script? Do you have a percentage idea of how much remained? Well, it, you know, I. Roughly, I would say in that one, it was probably about 50 50. 50 50? That's and good. I, that was good even then. And now the, it, it was at a, at a time when more stuff, I would say, was being let in. Yeah. And now it's we're harder. in an era where things are just instantly kind of pulled apart for many different reasons. And, Interesting. And, and it, I just feel like the the process has become. A little warped over time in that now there are so many – every year it seems like the answer is like let's throw more writers in there. Interesting. The show, you know, there are now 24 writers. Are you kidding? I was just yeah. going to ask how many writers so you many. have. 24. 24 it's writers. There are a lot. This is one of those things that people wonder. People – questions that I get. I've written on a couple shows now. People are like, do you write for Stewie or, or do you write right. for Peter? It's just like retarded. Yeah, no, no, that but I sense. literally wanted to ask you – is there a division? It sounds like there could be a division devoted to cutaways. Oh, well, yes, it, but it's not it's not the same people all the time. So that's always you shifting. Have, it'll it'll be you know, as needed and we'll we'll have uh, we have enough people to have three rooms going at once oh basically. God. So it's kind of like this, you know, endlessly churning <laughs> comedy factory <laughs> where 95% of all the material generated is just sort of pushed off into this comedy garbage island that's, you know, floating in the middle of the Pacific. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'm a big repitcher, and I know that's annoying because yeah. it's my, as a stand-up, I don't think of myself as a writer. I think of myself as a comedian uh, who is writing. Right. I'm sure the studio and everyone would hate to hear me say that, but I'm just saying, like, I do comedy. Right. And it's my job to insist that things are funny. So when I do things on stage and it doesn't work, I'll almost kind of be like, you guys are wrong. That's my job. Right, right, and right. And I'll try it again the next night and I'll tweak it. And I'll... So when I'm uh, writing and I pitch a joke and it doesn't work, uh, I'm kind of like... It's in the back burner. Right. And now that I'm doing like a multicam, which means we tape in front of a live studio audience, I'll repitch a joke and sometimes it'll work and I'll be yeah. like, see? Yeah. You know what I mean? I wonder, and my question for you is if you do like, let's say you do a standalone cutaway joke, kind of the format that Family Guy kind of pioneered, I would mm-hmm. say. Does that stick with you? Are you kind of like, well, fuck you guys, we should do the Hitler juggling the fish on the unicycle thing? Oh, right, right, right. You know, I think that there are sometimes you do feel like, oh, my God, that should have gone in. But it's just (laughs) that happens like every at least a a few times a week in different different ways, you know, and sometimes it's your part of a a four or five person team that's like come up with some (laughs) great things and you go into the main room and pitch them and then they, you know, they 
strikeout or something that you thought would be great just doesn't get the reaction <laughs> or one person is objecting to it and holding it up. And it just turns into this whole, you know, unifying thing with yeah. everybody on the staff. Like, can you believe ah. that? <laughs> oh my God. No, no, I mean, that was such bullshit. Yeah, like, they didn't put in the all... Mayor McCheese with I the pigeons thing. We had, uh, what, I, I, it, there's like a, one guy who, uh, Danny Smith, he's a very funny writer on the show. He's been there, uh, since the beginning. And, uh, there was one thing we were in a room pitching a joke for, um, and it's like a code word now. He'll just look at me sometimes and he'll just go, Natalie Nurchant. It was like this reverse <laughs> Natalie Merchant thing who was actually just a guy who wrote a, like, sort of a, had a guy on his shoulders and a trench coat. And, 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 like, Natalie Nurchant. Yeah, and he's the same guy who'll come up to me. It's just a little code thing. So I'll just say, Chico's Monkey Farm. And I'll be That's like, yeah. so funny. If, if I had a show, Chico's Monkey Farm. You know what's crazy is I will, if I pitch something and I believe in it so wholeheartedly, and if it makes me cry with laughter, I'll just go in my office, print it up, final draft, and I'll hang it on the wall of my <laughs> right, office because right. it'll make me laugh every time oh, I see nice. it. Oh, that's nice. I wouldn't ever do it to be obnoxious. Right. You know what I mean? What, what you made me think of, so there's a main room. Sure. And that's kind of where the decisions are made. Right. And do you have guys on the staff? You know, I'm trying to walk the line between being condescending and, and informative. So the way it works is you have to pitch these jokes. You're coming up with jokes, mm-hmm. and then you have to pitch them to some sort of showrunner who's making the final decision whether or not it goes in the Correct. Script. Exactly right. So do you have people that are, like, better equipped, that are just funnier people that can sell a joke? Because if something makes you laugh really, really hard, right. then the question becomes, can you kind of represent it to your boss? Yes. yes. And I, I've been in that position where I'm like, this made me cry with laughter. And right. here I am, and my, my dick is on the table, and I'm yeah. just kind of like... I, I'm, I'm telling you, four very funny people, professionally funny people, laughed at this, and I can't tell you why. Right. So do you know people that are like better at getting things in? And- Definitely. I mean, I think that there, there are many people that are charged with being running these rooms and then coming back in the main room to pitch the jokes. Yeah. And I think that everyone has become pretty aware of you know, what their strengths and weaknesses are in terms of pitching jokes when they come back in. And, and there's definitely an attitude of like, we all just want something to get in the script, you know, just so we can go home. (laughs) Basically, it's just like, we just want a sale, you know? And, uh, so I think that there, there are definitely people who are, you know, better equipped to like, get a sale at like the end of the day when we really need it. Or somebody who like gets up and does a little song and dance. And there are people who pitch in character voices better. You I was know, just going to say, who, yeah, people who incorporate their entire room. So it's like, they've almost come in with the players you right. know, from the gag room. Right. Um, but there are many different styles and most of the time stuff gets in. So, yeah. You know, it's funny that you say the sale because I totally know what you mean where it's, it's uh, supposedly this kind of glamorous showbiz job, but when you're in the room and I don't know what kind of hours you keep and you're trying to get the, the blow to a, a scene, which means like a joke to end on a laugh mm-hmm. and uh, someone does it. The feeling is almost, it's not joyless. It's just kind of like people pick up papers and tap them on the table, right. put them in a briefcase and walk out right. as if someone just like, you know, fastened a screw on a, on a watch and right. they can get out of here Absolutely. now. And I the think people would be surprised. coming down the line. Exactly. Yeah. We've assembled it. 
and right. get out of here yeah. and you get in your Porsche and drive home. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's really interesting. I, I like to pitch in uh, voices. I wonder on a cartoon how often that happens. Yeah, all the time. I mean, it, it, it kind of has to. I think everybody has their their version of the character's yeah. voices when yeah. they're pitching jokes. So, you know. How could you pitch a, a Stewie joke? One of my favorite Stewie jokes of all time is uh, br- talking to Brian about his book. I talk about that all the time. Oh, yeah, a little... Uh, he got the yeah. protagonist and the antagonist yeah. and they learn about yeah, yeah. friends become enemies, some enemies become friends. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. was... <laughs> How do you pitch that unless you're doing it as Stewie? Like, that on paper right. is incredibly unfunny. Yeah, it's just nothing. Apparently, Parenthetical that yeah. says Dewey's tone increases in height. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck, yeah, I'm yeah. not even reading that. Right, you right. cross that out with a huge comically red marker. Right, right, right. It's so red, what it's comical how red it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just hate it. But if you're in the room and you do that for 10 minutes, that's one of the things that, like, that I think Family Guy does so well is it takes room bits. What I, again, I, this interview is about you. I don't, I don't mean to make it about me. What I will do, no, it's, <laughs> it's about you, man. <laughs> what I will do with a room bit is if something makes me laugh really hard, like I said, I'll print out a page from it or I'll Photoshop a fake movie poster for the picture or whatever because room bits just die. Right. And room bit, again, for those listening, is just a term for something that makes the writers laugh. Right. And you're kind of like, imagine if we put that on the show. Right. Family exactly. Guy seems to take room bits and put them on the show. It, you know, I, I think that some of the best jokes have been that and and but it it happens less and less now really well i i feel like it does only what has be- happened well the i mean it it's just it's more difficult now as we mentioned that you know seth has a lot going on and he's directing movies and you know he's, he's making albums and he's doing right. comedy central roasts and he's right. got a lot of stuff going on which is great and uh but it, it's just he's in the room less. So if there's a room bit that kills us, oh, yeah. and then it gets to him, he still has ultimate veto power. And a couple of things can happen. Either he'll see it and not get it, and it'll be gone. <laughs> or he'll see it, get it, not like it, it's gone. Or he'll see it, kind of get it. And be annoyed that he was not there yes. when everyone else was having so much fun uh, with this thing that he now is not a part of. Yeah, and uh, I, which I totally understand. I get it too. You know, but like, like a, how frustrating that is. It, it's you know, it, it's its own frustration um, for him and for you. Absolutely, I get it from both sides. But I mean, totally. that, that's and and it's it's funny to complain as much as we do and it, th- there's a whole I mean that's so much of what work is every day is just <laughs> incessant complaining about. Everything. Yeah. And it's crazy that we do it and we're still laughing, you know, probably 80% of the time. Yeah. So. I'm happy to hear you say that because people do imagine that we laugh a lot. And I'm talking about writers. We laugh. We, it, I, I imagine I, I have those feelings. Like I said, I, I asked you if there's a room devoted just to uh, cutaways. cutaways. And then I was like, I, wa- I imagine that you guys have to be laughing. There's a lot of it. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear you say that because even on my show, people are like, uh, oh, my husband thinks that we all we do is laugh around all day. So whenever we laugh, I make a point to be like, we have a lot of fun. I like like to point that out. Sure. I I do admire a format, though, that seems to find a way to take this kind of like uh, this cut of beef that we've been throwing away, which is the room bit, and be like, let's just make that. 
uh, a cutaway. Let's right. just make that a total random thing. Right, right, right. I love a world where you're kind of like, what if Peter just fights a big chicken? Right. I know that's a classic go-to for a Family Guy interview, but I'm just saying, like, no, it's, it's silly and it's weird, and let's put it in the show. Yeah, And right. let's have it be absurd, and let's just, what if we could do that? Exactly. Because when I was writing my script currently... I was crying with laughter and taking screenshots of my final draft document and texting it to my fellow writers right. and just being like, I didn't even caption it. or I was just like, imagine, basically. Imagine right, if I right. put this in. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had some character saying, like, is it hot in here or is it just my vagina? Just like yeah, 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 totally yeah. inappropriate. Yes. The humor was that that character would never say that. Yes. Uh, they say something racist. They say something inappropriate. And just, I know they were dying with laughter. I'm right, dying right. with laughter. And to find a way to put that in the script seems kind of genius to me. Yeah, well, it's good because, you, you know, you have a few people. And if everybody's into it, I think that there's always a sense of like, hey, maybe we can just turn this into something for the show. And right. then there's sort of the slightest disguise put on it. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's perfect for the yeah. show. This isn't a room bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But everybody's kind of on to that now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the show the show got criticized for, uh, you know, famously by South Park for not yes. being on story or yes. whatever. And I've kind of witnessed this when I've been on the road. I don't know why this happened. I found myself at some, like, comedy fan's apartment, like college-age kids watching an episode of Family Guy. And the palette has changed. Mm-hmm. And Family Guy changed it in a big way. I, I don't have a problem with how it changed, but the... Because typically, like, in an Andy Rooney voice, I'd be telling you that, like, the attention span is lower. Mm-hmm. The, the, the taste for story is lower. But I'm kind of in the camp that's like, who cares? Right. I don't care. I feel that way, too. It's just like, if it... If there are funny things, I think that just makes up for it all. Because people... I know people never say like, oh, did you see that family guy with that really nice, you know, Brian and Chris story arc? Right. You know, they'd say like, oh, my God, did you see that joke about the Italian, you of know, course. you know, the Italians fighting the black women or right, whatever. Right, right. Mexican funeral. Is oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little I think it, yeah. I think <laughs> that was a writer named Patrick Megan. I think he's Is that right? He's oh, that's so great. Yeah. That, well, I think you're absolutely right. And then even a show like uh, The Simpsons, which I think used to have A, B, and C stories, mm-hmm. and f- more famously had kind of like uh, memorable moments. Totally. I guess. Emotional moments, um, heart moments. Yeah, but still, when me and a couple other comedians talk, we talk about the goggles do nothing. We talk about Skinner saying, I shouldn't have been able to hear that. We talk right. about our Specific favorite... Specific jokes. Exactly. Right, right. And, right. and fa- so Family Guy basically... In shows that I've pitched and, and things that I've understood, uh, just television comedy, I've been like, it changed things and it was like, here's the fastest way to deliver comedy possible. Right. And when people were like, what's that have to do with the story? I literally was like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I, I, I And agree no one that. else does. I agree with that. And, uh, you know, that was not... I, I, I totally agree with you, and it was something that I never cared about beforehand. Right. And, and before I wrote for Family Guy, I didn't watch Family Guy. Like, I wasn't there the first time around, and I didn't watch it then. I just didn't. Uh, but, you know, then when it seemed like I might get hired on it and I started watching the episodes, I mean, there are undeniably just funny jokes right. in there, you know? And yeah. that's, that's what the show always seemed to be about is just right. like making a funny joke mainlining yeah. jokes right 
And but you know, I think what doesn't really get reported is uh, these like really interesting throwback episodes where Brian and Stewie, and it, it kind of has that like old, almost like Oklahoma the movie. It has the oh, score. Oh, that was great. That, the you one in the bank mean? vault. You mean exactly? Yeah, that was yes. written by Gary Janetti, who wrote for Will and Grace, and that was one of the few scripts that was like ninety nine percent interesting. His. Oh, yes. I love that. I and love it, that you're saying that. Oh it's my great. God. He's. I mean. That everybody it was a great just episode. loved it. Loved Who cares? it. Yeah. It was such a great little kind of fuck you to anybody that was like, oh, the show is just like right. YouTube. Yeah, or whatever. I can't tell a traditional story. When he when um Stewie shits his pants in that script. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it goes to commercial. I believe that's the act break is that he poops himself. And I was like, Oh, it's gonna be like a sitcom and it's gonna come back and he hasn't pooped himself. Like it just won't be addressed. Right, right. And right, then right. when it came back and, and he eat still it. has pooped yeah. himself and Brian has to eat it, yeah. I was like it's so <laughs> rare that you're watching a show and you're like, Oh my god, they right. did something that I didn't expect. Right. Yes. And I agree that, you know, that story, that one in particular had that Yeah. Uh, you know, that moment and then also surrounded by, you know, just Almost like a a good play. Yeah, yeah. I really. I, and then when he he I ate hate it, plays. I, of course, we all yeah, hate yeah, plays. Yeah, right, That's yeah. a great Simpsons joke where Homer says oh, to yeah, Marge, play. "I've seen plays that were more entertaining, Marge. <laughs> plays. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best That's ever. Great. What, uh, then, but then there's also those Brian and Stewie episodes that seem kind of like uh, Technicolor. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, they have a the, big musical, like kind a big of musical. Thing. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. they go to yeah. Show, those are like yeah. Road to movies. Yes. And Seth loves the Bing uh, Bing Crosby, Bob Hope yes. road, road pictures. And nobody's so. really done that before. And that, I, I, I mean, I, except for those two. <laughs> it's funny that we're talking about how they're referential like, and that's never been done I, be, I just mean like no cartoon has ever kind yes. of taken that format so Family Guy seems to me uh, simultaneous and I don't want to butter your bread too um, much by the way I'm getting I'm going to get a soda just do because it I, I can hear my I can hear people saying take a sip no in my ear. grab it man okay the, the idea of doing simultaneously kind of like YouTube-y cutaway nonsense you know where like these standalone uh, shorts, you know what I mean? Where it's like uh, a clip of Family Guy that's 30 seconds could be online and be like a viral video. But then you also do these half hours that could that kind of have this like old school throwback appeal. Right. Alex Elkin is drinking a calorie-free Diet Coke. That's right. Out of the can. Fully addicted. Are you really? I drink it. It's the first thing I drink when I wake up. Oh, that's no good, man. You know they make a Stevia alternative. Uh, Stevie, <laughs> I'm that guy. Did you know Rumsfeld was the head of the FDA when aspartame was approved? Rummy, who doesn't give a fuck about you? Uh, well, I don't know. He doesn't give a <laughs> no. I know. Fuck I know it's terrible you. for you, and it's funny. I just w- remember vividly when I was in college drinking regular cokes, and everyone's like, "You got to stop drinking all this coke." Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. like you know, drink well, diet coke, and yeah, I'm addicted to it. They're both fucking horrible. I, there was a time when I was addicted to diet coke, like I would get a headache without. Well, it's it. delicious. It's I'm delicious. not. Somebody, uh, I read about it, it's, it's, it's engineered to taste, not be, but taste cold. It tastes cold Ooh. and clean. Wow. Those are two words that I would use to describe it. it. And they, they deliberately tried to make it taste those things. What a, what a, what a world we live in. It is a, world, a weird world. <laughs> I think, have I said this on the podcast, Katie? I don't know. I, I did a commercial for um, Doritos, meaning we made a commercial for Doritos called Doritos Beer. You can see it online. 
but it's like uh, they told us that they can make a Doritos a Dorito that tastes like anything. Specifically, have I said wow. this on the show? I'm the worst. I have like three. I, I haven't heard it. Now I'll tell you. I'll it. tell you. They can make fresh mown grass. They can make something that tastes like fresh mown grass. Wow. The way that that smells because taste is smell. And then they can make fear and mother. Mother is the one to take what? note. They can make a chip uh, because those... wouldn't, you, wouldn't you always just put like one percent of mother in there? Ah! I mean, seriously, I mean, why wouldn't you just subtly put that in everything? You know, I don't know why that makes sense. The idea of the smell of the comfort of being a new... I have no memories of being a newborn and smelling mother. Right. But they've isolated it. And I, I, the and Frito Lay, they have Frito Lay. They've wow. done this. So the idea that you can make a chip, like they can make a burger that tastes like smoke without any smoke on it. They can make a drink that tastes cold even when it's warm. Right. Uh, it's it is kind of fascinating. This is, it's just all set up for a sticky joke that I don't have. Of like, I well, know. then why can't they make yeah. a blah blah that doesn't burn? Could they make one that doesn't <laughs> taste like shit? <laughs> yeah. That's like an old Jewish man joke where you go. Sugar free, more like taste free. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, Classic joke. Enjoy your diet coke. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to judge mm-hmm. or label you. <sighs> Good oh. for you. You know, here the the premise of the show is that I'm supposed to ask you about weird things about you. Okay. And have we started? Actually, okay. no. <laughs> are you a big Star Wars fan? I'm assuming you are. Yes, you've met George Lucas. I have. That's uh, that's kind of the worst. The first weird thing is that you're a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. And uh, as we already mentioned, you wrote the Star Wars, uh, the Star Wars Family Guy, right. which is one of my all time fam- favorite. Thank you. And again, guys. it was you know so many funny jokes from everybody. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's the, but what a huge thrill. It was I, great. I can't like people. Again, I, I find myself again in a position where I'm like feeling like a fan where I can't – I pictured the whole staff watching Family Guy – uh, not Star Family, Wars. Watching Star Wars together and just riffing. We kind of – we did do that. You did do that. We did that. Um, uh, I can't remember if we did that before or after. Oh, yeah. We did that before and I think a lot of good jokes came out of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't – I remember specifically, great kid, don't get penisy. You know, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> that was Steve Callahan, who's one of the showrunners now, and he doesn't know. He, it's like there's some people on staff who knew nothing about Star Wars really and weren't fans at all. Really, I mean, just uh, only the slightest knowledge and didn't care for it. But those were a lot of the people that pitched some of the funniest jokes because it's like they're seeing fresh eyes, yeah, just new parts oh, of it awesome. that yeah, I've seen the movie you know a hundred times. Yeah, so, uh, I can't watch it now and not think of the bits. Yeah, bits have uh, now well, merged with yeah, the movie. Totally, I think we were all a little bit Star Wars out. I think it was. I, I, I don't know if you've seen the right stuff. It's one of my favorites. The the movie about the astronauts. Uh, uh, no, I don't think it's I from the early eighties. Um, but it tells the whole story of the first space program and um, the first guy who went into space. Uh, what was his name? Scott? No, Scott Glenn was the actor who played him. Alan Shepard was the first guy who went into space, and when he came back, like. He got to meet Kennedy, and his wife had tea with Jackie. Then the second guy who went into space was Gus Grissom, <laughs> and there was some like fuck up with his capsule, and like the capsule sank, and they barely saved him. 
and he didn't get to meet Kennedy, and he like had some weird reception with beer on like a tarmac. It was terrible. So then I I, I wrote the Star Wars episode, and it was literally like whisked up with Seth to meet George Lucas. We watched it with him, and he's like laughing. We got no. everything signed. You know, it was great. This weekend that we spent at his ranch, and then the guy who wrote the Empire Strikes Back no, thing, no, he was like, no, he kept no. being like, can't wait to go up there. Oh, and, meet no. him. and then it was. Just Gus Grissom, just just not not the same deal at all. Holy cow! And so and then by the time we did Jedi, and, and we make jokes about it in the episodes, we're all just limping to the barn. That's right, like Star Wars out. That they they kind of Seth only it's, wanted to do the first, and then they kind of made him do because all it was three. so popular, right? Well, now they How? sell them in packages. And all that. How can they make him do anything? I don't understand. Well, that. I think that he's not good at saying no. Sometimes, you know, I think that he's not a confrontational guy, and I think he's this just starting to realize the, the kind of real power that he has. That's you're the, like yeah. I, I recently talked to somebody about like Michael Sarah, and they were like, "Yeah, Michael Sarah doesn't really know how famous he is," and it, it shocks me to think that uh, Seth MacFarlane doesn't know how powerful he is. And Michael Sarah is. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he, Seth. It seems like he could do he could do anything. I mean, you guys make. In fact, well, that's, uh, yeah. in the opening of I believe the Jedi one, it says in the scrolling words, it says like you've canceled Family Guy twice. Yeah, like you assholes. Right, basically. Fox, yeah, the yeah, network yeah. that's putting us on. Go right. fuck yourself. Yeah, and he, he, you know, he's he does that a lot because that's sort of matches his irreverence and like that's funny like stick it to him in the air and we'll make it a joke right but when it comes to like saying no to doing the star wars things it's kind of a different a different story but you know i think that now he's he's realizing like you know that he's the kind of might that he has over there which he he should and yeah and i think that he's a little bit better about kind of standing up for himself. It's interesting because what what comes back to me a lot of times is that comedians and, you know, comedy uh, writers, I consider you guys comedians as well, in the sense uh, are interested in, like, kind of access. Like, we want access. We want to be able to do what we want to do. Right. I, I think it might be a softer way to say power. I, I think power sounds like we want to, like, destroy people. Right. I don't think that's what I'm talking yeah. about. I'm talking about, like, access. We want to take what our, we want to do and just do it. Yes. And it seems like you guys make a lot of jokes that, like, well, that's that's just a fact. There's no way that you guys make jokes that no one else could do. In fact, one of my, you know, one of I, I, I'm I'm hesitant to say favorite uh, because it is a racist joke. But one of the <laughs> biggest memories I have of watching Family Guy was uh, Brian says to Stewie, uh, or Stewie says, uh, "My girlfriend is pregnant. If I left her, what kind of person would I be?" And Brian says, "A black person." Right. Right. Yeah. And like I, because I'm like a cold, uh, dead comedian person. Right. And believe me, I, I have joy in my life and all this. Sure. Stuff. I'm just talking about with comedy, kind of like the aristocrats. It takes something shocking to really get us laughing. Right. 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 right and right. what I've what I've said before is like, if you were to do a comedian uh, version of the aristocrats now, it would have to be racist. Right. We don't give a fuck about sex or poop. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. care who's peeing on who. Yeah. But if you're like, these two ching chong yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. you want to say. you got to push the envelope. Something ho- if you want to offend someone, you yeah. have to be racist. Yes. And if Family Guy, a network show, can say something offensive, because it's on HBO, who cares? Right. But I'm watching it on Fox, and I'm like, they just said a wow, black guy. Wow, so Fox is saying that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess part of right. it is yeah, like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. was endorsed by yeah, Fox. Right, right, right. That really will... 
it literally elevates my heart rate. Yes. Like if, it, it changes my state. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is an insane type of entertainment. Right, like, totally. I'm here to tell you that it is inappropriate. Right. I went to like a hippy-dippy Quaker school, and my first impulse is all the white guilt and all of that sort of appropriate posture. And right, I'm like, sure. Shame on you. Yeah. But then there's also the comedian part of me that's just giggling like a, a second grader. Absolutely. I don't know where I was going with Well, that. no, and, and don't forget the uh, Boston area part of you that is, ah! is told to <laughs> dislike all other people's <laughs> oh my god chris we're both from uh new england and yeah. uh, uh i'm uh, from i'm from right next to you where weston you're from west oh you're where yeah. when you my brother went to cambridge school in weston oh wow That's nice crazy. nice i've been to weston many times there we go. i've been to lexington area. i've been to uh we're both from affluent new england yangtze yangtze chinese food yangtze river yeah in lexington center mm-hmm. i sent back there like uh Sesame chicken, it was no good. Oh, really? Yeah, no good. Sorry about that. It's still there. I'm sure. But, like, nothing is still there. You probably remember, like, Steve's ice cream. Yeah, they're gone. There was a coffee connection. But that the movie Starbucks. theater might still be That's there. That's where I worked. Really? I've probably sold you a ticket. I saw uh, The Gods Must Be Crazy there. Ah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. That's a little... Bef- I was yeah. there 93 to 97. Yeah, that's a lot oh. before your time. Yeah, Gods Must Be Crazy. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you've been to the flick. I believe I talked to Sarah about this. God, I always looked at Katie for my... Uh, whatever. But... uh in the fighter, yeah, that's where he. Comes. I was just gonna say that he that's walks where out he of goes l- to the flick. this uh, a Belle Epoque. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And there's a guy with a fucking uh, sweater tied around his shoulders. Very Lexington. And I was like, they got everything so right Except, about like Lowell. I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah. And then Lexington was just so like, uh-huh. come on, Lexington. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what's his name? Longjaw. Oh, Jim, bottom, bottom two. two. Bottom two. Yeah, 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 yeah. I actually had a uh, cartoon in The New Yorker, Humblebrag. Nice. And one of my favorite episodes is Brian uh, going to The New yes. Yorker, and nobody at The New Yorker has an asshole, right. and illustrated humor panels or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I thought that was so we great. we just watched part of that today for something I actually else. think I ran it by Bob Mankoff. I mentioned it to him. And I think he saw it and liked it. I can't That's great. confirm that, but I'm pretty sure there, there I would be no it need to confirm it. <laughs> Get back to me on that. Turns out zero people care about whether or not that's true. Uh, but I, I think that that's a big. Th- I thought that was so 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 funny. Um, so this is what I was going to ask you: is yes. talking about Seth being um, non-confrontational. Sure. And. A lot of comedians that I talk to in general, and this, this doesn't have to be as deep as it sounds like it's going to be, okay. I'm also that way. Me too. I uh, am interested in the psychology of funny people. I'm also interested in the psychology of success, so we'll talk about both of those. But the psychology of funny people is like, I talk to people all the time that have that inability to say no, mm-hmm. and like a almost like a superpower where we're trying to figure out what people want to hear trying to figure out what, like, we're supposed to say and how to, like, kind of alkalize an acidic situation. Totally. Do you agree with that you're that way? Absolutely. I'm completely that way. Um, and it's, you know, it's ultimately trouble. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought I was a good communicator for so long, and then I realized I'm a good talker, right? but I'm not necessarily saying what I actually feel. Totally. <laughs> Never am always trying to, you know, find the right thing that, that, that will assuage the other person yes. or just, you know, kind of 
if it's a, 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 a you know a girl you like trying to like you For know years just yeah. being the person that you think they want it's, right it makes just me continuing sound like to like oh my god you know like the the pinks in tonight's sunset i thought of you it's like you have to make, like totally new things that you never even cared about before oh i saw that flower you mentioned my god oh. it was so open just like oh you said oh my god <laughs> so true it's just like a weird uh, like you said it was like a like a it's a superpower it it's is like, but it's like a one of those negative bad uh super beings that can like you know Absorb like this table and then right. rock and right. then, like fight the Hulk. You know, right. it, it's like a. It's why you're funny, but it's also why I'm alone in this. Why apartment. you're alone yes. in this apartment? Yeah. Like kind of absolutely. Yeah. Were Were your parents alcoholics? No, just Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> and they divorced when I was young. Interesting. So how How young? Five. That's very young. Yeah. Too young to process. Not able to process That's it the all. Name I of your still album. don't know what's going on. Where, where's Daddy? Oh, <laughs> oh Daddy moved to London. Oh, oh no, too real. <laughs> Not real enough. That's right. Do you have an over-loving mother? Yes. And a distant father? Well, he was distant in the sense that he moved to London when I was oh, five. Oh, he really did? He did. Interesting. And was gone for several years. But... Now it's this thing where, like, he's too damn close. It's like, I, I think that he's... Making up for it? Well, he, it's not even that he's making up for it. It's just that I feel like now he's, you know, in a space where, like, he's he wants to see me more. And hmm. it's just kind of... So I have those mixed feelings of, like, well, oh, Jesus Christ, you were, you know, you weren't there before. And right. now you're, like, kind of demanding to see me more. But is the, it the because is, of show business? Is he interested in show business? Well, you know, he is, but it's not... I don't think it's because of that. I, I think that he's interested in it only as a thing to talk about. You know, he's not like, doesn't have aspirations. Right. I mean, he's old. And, uh, <laughs> but I mean. <laughs> so dismissive. He's yeah, yeah, old. He's Who done. cares? <laughs> he's, he's old. Done. He's an old man. He's played his inning. Oh. No, no, no. He's, I guarantee he's going to live to 100. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, you know, it's just that he wants to see me more now. And. Uh, you know, he's he is a sweet guy, but it's just he I feel I have a chip on my shoulder cuz I'm just like, well, it, it's this past slight that I'm not even really that mad about because my mom was so indulgent and spoiled me so and yeah. I had such a great childhood like yeah. growing up with her. And she let me, you know, she let me do everything and it was just not uh, and if my dad had been there, he's like me, like he's a like grumpy and, you know, like it just would have been a nightmare. <laughs> so I'm kind of glad that he was not there, but yet I, I feel like I can hold this thing over him. Yeah. Cause I'm still mad about it in some way, obviously. And, and isn't it interesting that we as adults can kind of look back and see how that did serve us. I, I've often played with the idea where it's kind of like, if you have a kid, um, and you have the means to love them, and you're in love with your wife and all that sort of stuff, it's almost like beneficial to deprive them of certain things just to enhance their personality. Right. Like, should we fake a breakup? Should we fake a separation <laughs> just that he might be a good painter? So he can... Right. Yeah, I, I've often thought him. about that. Yeah. I mean, like, seriously, should we, <laughs> should we do this? Yeah. And so your father now is back in your life, and I'm, I'm happy for that. But what's also interesting is the, the overpraising mother is something that seems to be 
com- comes up in I think every every one of these interviews yeah. is this like musicians, artists, all these sorts of performers. Right. Spielberg uh, used to go into the desert and make eight millimeter films with his mom. And I, I not that I'm Spielberg or anywhere near that. I'm not saying that, but like my mother continues to just think everything I do is the greatest thing oh, in the world. Oh, my God. I could yeah. make a short film about how my mother is the worst person in the world, and she would be like, that is great. You nailed it. Right. I am the worst person in the world. Right. I'm going to go see it again. <laughs> so, like, I think that's, that's interesting. So did you feel that you were vying for your father's attention at all, or, or do you crave that at all? You know, I, I would like to – I feel like I don't, but I- – you know, sometimes I also know that I'm kind of wrong about the way that I feel about yeah, myself. And so I think that the fact that I have some level of anger towards him indicates to me that I'm there's something there that yeah. I care about. Yeah. So, uh, it, you know, I think that I guess I'm, I do in a way just I, I just want him to be kind of normal and it's just hard <laughs> for me to, to get him there. Yeah. Do they have a hard time understanding what you do? No, well, I mean, my mom loves what I do, and she doesn't watch the show. You know, she yeah. just loves to talk in the market so about me all that. the time. You when know? when I realized, when I first started doing televised things and realized my parents weren't watching and won't be watching, right? There's part of me that's like, hey, and then there's also ninety nine percent of me that's like, oh, thank God, right? And, yeah. and it just gives you ultimate freedom. And my mom also likes to talk about it in the market. My yes. mom didn't, when I did uh, Conan, didn't watch it, but definitely told all her friends right. when I was on Conan. Oh, absolutely. That's kind of ideal. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's great. Sort of the best thing. Yeah, else. so my mom does that. And my dad actually does watch the show, and he'll, like, get back to me, you know, about <laughs> some of it. And, and, you know, it drives me insane when he, like, doesn't like something. Yeah. Because I'm just always like, you should just love everything or yeah. don't say it. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. It's, and that's probably... Probably more of my baggage, but it's interesting. I, I, I run into that recently with like my brother, for example. When he talks to me and tries to uh, uh, relate, and I understand it's coming from a sweet place, he'll kind of like shit on other comedians, and I don't know how to express. And I've tried, right? I've tried to be like, these are people I know, you know yeah. what I mean? So like, for example, I've been in auditions, and I, I think I called the Donald Faison. I called him the black guy from Scrubs or something. Yeah, and I could see the whole room be like, hey. Because they all know Donald Faison. I don't even know if that's his name. Right, right, and I right. I thought that was so bizarre. I was like, he's a black guy from Scrubs. But now I am in L.A., and you know these people. And when someone shits on them, you're kind of like, that's just some guy. Right. He's just doing a show. He yeah. didn't even write the words he says. And you're, like, judging him for that. Right. And, like, you get weirdly L.A. defensive. Yes. So when yeah. my brother's like, I saw your friend on whatever, and they weren't funny, or they right. said I'm on the roast, that's uh, one of the roasts. And I, I'm like... Uh, I don't know why it instantly makes me hot. Right. And I just, like, I want to change the subject. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Immediately. Totally. You feel the same way? Yeah, I do. And, you know, just whatever it is, there's always... It just just feels like it's never broached in in a way that is appropriate or... Yeah. I don't know. It's like if I have something that I want to tell you about it, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I, I suppose like with sports or whatever, and, and looking around the home, I see you're a New England sports fan. Yeah. If you knew someone that was on the Patriots and you shit on uh, Tom Brady, now I'm worried he's on the Patriots, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. If you shit on Tom Brady, that would be different to some other player on the Patriots that I can't think of than to everyone else in the world. Yeah. There's like a group of however many people on the Patriots, 20, 15? 50. 50? Yeah, probably about 50. 5-0? Yeah, I think so. 
They have that many people that are in the offense rotation. and defense, and then backups on each side. So, and then like some weird kicker they never Kickers use. And punters. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Fifty. Yeah, it's something like fifty. I, I was way off. Yeah, so, right. like Earl Lavonge, uh, sure, this weird kicker who knows Tom Brady, and Tom Brady gave him like a, a Luna bar one day before the game. Uh, like he'd have a hard time hearing criticism about yes. Tom Brady because he has right. like an emotional association. Exactly. Similarly, if I shit on uh, Seth, I imagine you would be kind of like, "Hey, that guy let me uh, gave me a ride home." That right, day. right, right, right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. He's put himself together pretty well. Has Seth his teeth whitened and stuff. Yeah. Oh, Somebody boy. was like, he has new hair. You know, I I think that he uh, his hair might be. He may be having a little gray. Yeah, I think up. he colored. I think a that's color. I don't think that he has fake hair at all. Yeah, I think that he just has like kind of the the graying sideburns covered up. It's interesting. I was just talking to a friend of mine about how people don't like people to be things that they aren't. Like yeah. once we understand that you're a show creator and a voice actor. Yes. God f- forgive you for being a voice actor. You right. Leper. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're not in legitimate and I'm doing air quotes, show sure. business. And then once Seth starts to kind of like look good and go on the fucking view or, or host a roast and sort mm. of people are threatened by that. It oh, goes absolutely. back to like our mammal sort of thing. It's yeah. like you're a silverback gorilla. You're supposed to eat bananas. What are you doing like right. yodeling? Yeah, like yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. supposed to do that. Yes. But I kind of, I, you know, I don't have to... I'm not kissing Seth's ass. I, I admire anybody that's trying to do other things. Sure. Zoe yeah. Deschanel is in a band. I think that's great. Yeah. Do other things. Do other things. You seem to play a lot of instruments. Hey, well, yeah, you know. What I, a good seg. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, you instantly have it. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, well, I, yeah, I wouldn't call it other things. The, the, my guitar playing plateaued uh, in college with the... Please come sleep with me, you know. Pink Floyd, wish you were here. And then, uh, but I have recently started playing piano, and I'm getting better at that. I'm excited about that. That's actually. great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 38. 38. Yeah. So that's uh, you know that's a great thing to take up something new. A lot of people 38 done. Yeah, over the hill. Who gives like a mostly shit? Uh, defensive well, backs. I'd actually. NFL. It's not even 38. It might be. It might sadly be uh, 22. Right. You're just kind of like the skills I have are the skills I have. Oh right, 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 right. Done. Yeah, picking up like new weird things, even new friends. Yeah, like people I know, same friends since they were since 22, twenty-two. Moving forward. Oh god, the windows closed. <laughs> That's actually one of my favorite Family Guy bits is when Stewie's playing in the old folks. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> in the and old like, folks home. Somebody passes and out. Get, get a noose. That. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember that. That to me, how. Do you guys do it? And I'm already seeing the comments on the board where people are like, I just kissed your ass for 20 minutes. But it's just like, oh, please. I don't, I'm watching it and I'm kind of like, that is one of those things that is so funny. Where he, oh, so for those of you who don't know, Stewie's playing a song, there's a hole in the rock in the bottom of the sea. Yeah. And someone passes out and he goes, get in this. And they, yeah, he just like says in, it. In, yeah, in time with in the song. In time. Yeah. Without, like, he doesn't want to cause a panic. Right. It's one of those things where it's just like, why is that funny? Yes. How do you explain that that's funny? Yes. And how does that filter through the 93 filters that's required in network television to get into the booth? Right. How did that get to the booth? I, I think that, 
That was pitched, I believe, by Danny Smith, who we were talking about earlier, who often pitches song-related, uh, <laughs> like, but funny stuff like that. Kid enough. And, yeah, and, and I, that must have been when Seth was still there. Yeah. And if Seth hears something and likes it, you know, it's, it it'll it'll go. It goes. And so, unless it's you know something with a lot of curse words or whatever, but yeah. like it, it was something like that. I think that was pitched from Danny to Seth, and and you know just was all systems go yeah. in the beginning. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I was I, a fun, such a funny moment. Get a nose. <laughs> <laughs> I've often thought that like uh, I'm, I think I'm alone in this. I've always had this image in my head, and it makes me laugh every time I think of it. Is anyone, Kelly Clarkson, any of these like Carrie Underwood pop people sure. in the booth, and they're singing, and they haven't been able to nail a note yet, and they nail it, but they have to keep singing, but they show with their face and a nod to their producer, like, right, yeah, yeah, I yeah, nailed yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else Love sings that. that's funny. It's just kind of like, ah! yeah, 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 so yeah. They nod while they're singing. Right. Got it. Ugh. I just find that sort of like subtlety that seems in the same family of like yes. musical humor that family totally. somehow finds a way. But yeah. I'm having a hard time explaining. You got it. What I think is funny about that, but again, to have to be on a show that finds finds a format for that is is just gratifying. Really right. yes. And the Persian white Mercedes joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> which yeah. we talked about the other night. Yes, at the show. Have you ever thought about doing stand up? Well, you know, I did it back oh, in did. the nineties, but I was it's no, not no. on your Wikipedia. No, I know. <laughs> extensive research, uh, and nor should it be because it was very unremarkable. But I yeah. I did it for like three years in the middle of the nineties, and then uh, got a job writing for Kilbourne, so I moved out uh-huh. here and I said I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. No, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. Because I see people like, I mean, I mean, like you and, and, and other people who I, you know, I think are hilarious comedians and then you'll see, anytime you see somebody have like a night where the crowd isn't that into it or something, you're just like, fuck, this person is so funny yeah, and like yeah. still, it's like this you know they're gonna you're gonna have a hundred nights like this you yeah. know more it's really and, yeah. and it's like i don't know if i can sign on for but you know the pain of pitching something and yeah. just having it hit the table like totally, a turd totally and you know it's the same feeling it's the same feeling <laughs> but i mean why prolong it like, why not why not just embrace the the darkness and just stand yeah. in the crowd and, and yeah. watch it happen to others yeah, yeah. but you found it, it seems like a godsend as you found twitter mm-hmm. is, and i'm a big proponent of twitter i think i actually read an interview with drew carey of all people that said uh years and years and years ago this you know in the 80s was like he used to email jokes back and forth to his friends if you right. thought about a joke about diet coke you'd email it to your friend right and then he'd email a joke that he thought about guitar strings right. they didn't have to be good they could just be like, I'm going to send you jokes all day. Right. And he was like, then when I had a meeting, if I had a pitch, I had an audition, I was like, I'm a funny guy. I write jokes all the time. And then here comes Twitter, this thing that is just kind of like, I, I don't, how many followers do you have? Like, two, uh, yeah, like 200 and some thousand. 200 yeah. and some thousand people. So you can think of something in your car and tell 200,000 people. I mean, like, that to me is better than Google Maps. That's, that's, that's the best technology that we have. Yeah, it's, it's the most gratifying technology. Totally, right. totally. It's the same, same kind of experience as stand up, but you don't have that. You know, I mean, you don't have that. 
I mean, you yourself, you, you, what what becomes an off night is just totally different. You right. know, you're still sitting on your couch at home watching yes. TV, and yes. it's just it's you don't. And you to, can really you don't have to manufacture it. With right. stand up, it's like Alec. I want you to come and perform at eight p.m. on a on a Friday, and you have to feel in the mood to perform. But maybe you tweet something at five in the morning, yeah. and then and then all those people see it. Right. So, uh, yeah. Totally. It just it's just yeah an instant audience like you say yeah. at any time there's yeah. just a certain number of people that are going to be like ready to lap something up yeah that you yeah, say. yeah um which and you're is awesome. you're the the sulk yes at the sulk just Correct. for anyone that's not following you which uh which is just a fantastic you're fantastic at, uh, at the old tweets at the thank old you tweets. thanks uh, i was looking up some of your favorites and you, on fave star yeah and your fa- you have like uh it'll be like 900 faves or something. I'm just like, that is an absurd amount of favorites. I, it's crazy. You know, uh, it, this, this fave star thing is just insane. It's you know? kind of our it, downfall. Like, oh, I kind of go to fave star all I the know, time. I know, I know. Like, I, and I'll look over at my friend's phones and you see them on their iPhone and all you see is the window with like all the little faces on it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're looking at your yeah. individual people yes. that have saved you. And you, wanna, and you want, sometimes I want specific people totally, to save something. Totally, totally. And, and then, and then yeah. you're like, the difference between faving and retweeting. Oh my god! Such huge a subtle, difference. such a subtle difference, yeah. but like a big deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I tweeted something about Nick Kroll recently, and I was like, he faved it, which I was grateful because mm-hmm. I was in J Crew and they had a one of the mannequins, and it looked exactly like Nick Kroll oh, wow. but without a head. So I tweeted, I'm but without gonna, a head, he, one of those headless mannequins. Okay, and I was like, uh, this Halloween I'm going as headless Nick Kroll, <laughs> and I tweeted it, and he faved it, which That's I was very good. grateful for. But I was like. Come on, Nick. Retweet that. Yeah, yeah, retweet yeah, yeah. that. I'm thinking of you. I'm sharing with you. It's so dumb. When did you start uh, doing the, the tweets? Were you in at the beginning? No, no. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly when. I think it was in like the summer of 2009. Okay. And, That's but, pretty early. But then uh, like, I just like tweeted once or twice and then went away for like months because uh-huh. I, I didn't. You know, it wasn't grabbing me yet. And then I think the second time I got back into it, I started realizing that I could do it a little, you know, more often. Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of like not until like towards the end of 2009 that I think I kind of got got into it, really. What, What tipped it? I mean, like you're a big Twitter guy. Was it? Well, you know, I think that there were there was a combination of factors. Um, uh, the. One of the writers, Gary Gennetti, who wrote the Bank Vault Stewie, Stewie yeah, Bryan yeah. episode. So he was a writer in Will and Grace. His boyfriend of 10 years is this guy, Brad. Can you guys do a Will and Grace bit? Um, Grace, yeah, get the, down from that table. Oh, really? Well, I don't or remember is that. that. There, there was, we did a Will and Grace, like a bad like sitcom joke to end an act, and then the Will and Grace <laughs> went, went, went across like that with the, the, the piano. And um, what am I thinking of? There's something where it's a gay guy and a girlfriend, and the, or something. The girlfriend's standing on a table, and he's like, "Get down from that table!" And she's like, "No!" And he's, she's all sassy. I, I, it, it could be. Yeah, the, I mean, be. The, the, the number of jokes. I, sure, I can't sure, keep track sure, of sure. them all. Uh, so, but this, his this his boyfriend uh, is a Bravo celebrity. He, <laughs> yes, he was. Uh, he was Rachel Zoe's like assistant stylist, and this year he has his own show called uh, Bravo Celebrity. It's a Brad Brad World. <laughs> That's the name God. of the show. It's, I can't wait for it, by the way. 
Um, so he had like a, a, a decent amount, you know, some thousands, 20, 30,000 followers. And he started saying to follow me. And so then there was sort of an initial influx of people. And I think one of the people from very early on was like one of the Twitter co-founders. I don't know. I, oh. I, I, I think I did Conan with him. Uh, maybe, maybe. No, it's not the guy whose name you'd you'd know. There's, I'm forgetting his name anyway. I can't remember his name either. Sorry. It was. Uh, thank you for your yeah, lovely thank, service. Thank you. We appreciate <laughs> we it. Love it. Yep. Um, but uh, I keep thinking Alan Ball, but that's somebody that's, else. That's definitely not it. Um, but he. Uh, so anyway, he he started following me, and and I was lucky enough that he put me on the uh, Twitter recommends uh, page for comedy. Okay. So that obviously helped a lot. Yeah. And then meeting Sarah through Twitter, and when she would recommend me, she has you yeah, know, millions, a, and then that... Sarah retweet is, is worth a lot. A lot. Yeah. She actually doesn't follow me. It's offensive. She will now, right? It's offensive. What's her problem? What's her fucking problem? Unbelievable. <laughs> she has awesome tits. She thinks she can do it. <laughs> well, that, that actually, this, this isn't why uh, I wanted to talk about... I, the three things that I love talking about on the show is comedy. We've kind of covered sure. comedy, sex and God. And Ooh. we haven't really gotten to sex. Okay. And I'm interested, and I know you've already referenced being here alone in, in your, yeah. your yes. lovely apartment. Yes. Um, but who, who is for us, Alec? Who do we belong with? And I mean these fucking weirdos that I'm talking about with this weird superpower who can't go to the movies and not kind of think about how loudly this fat ass is chewing his popcorn. Yeah. Who can't drive a car without thinking about why do you have your window cracked just a centimeter? Is that really helping you? You know, like kind of can't stop thinking when you're making out. What's that weird thing you just did with your hand? Yeah. Like can't get out of their brains. Can't shut it off. Yeah. Yeah. Don't relate to a lot of things. You like sports and stuff, but I mean like a lot of... Mainstream things just kind of don't appeal. So we're like, we're lepers. Yes. Who will love a leper? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that weirdly it's become totally fashionable to love lepers. Uh, I think in a, in a way, like, people are fascinated with, like, like I can fix this person. Or, like, yes. I see the good in him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so that gets your foot in the door. But you, you've dated comedians. I have. Which that works for a time i've also right. dated comedians sure and that is interesting it's like yeah. two two lepers coming together and being like i know let's let's be lepers together right. and you know all the good colonies and you know all, yeah. the, good, all the good skin creams yeah. and, and you're just kind of like it's great and then and then and then it's really great and then you know in in my own experience that can kind of start to get old or whatever yeah uh if if you have too much in common with someone, it's almost bad. Right? Yes, totally. So and you almost want someone like a, a salty tear sweet. I I yes. don't know who we need. I know. And I, I'm 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 literally asking you. You don't have to be interesting or funny. I'm wondering who you're looking for. Well, I, you know, I wish I knew the answer to that too. I, I part of me feels like, you know, I th- I'm sure is part of your experience as is part of mine in this, this thing we call life is uh, <laughs> regret. Sure. And so uh, I feel like I, I already may have met that person and and, oh, no. and, and, and let it go, right? Jesus, no. Come yeah, on. Maybe. No. Maybe. Oh, that you. may fit my no. narrative, I think. Oh, no. Yeah. You see, we're, we're 26 stories up here, so if I think about it too <laughs> and much. And you have a very nice balcony. Yep. Let's yeah. just jump together. That's right. That's terrifying. Well, so it may, it may, that may be the case. I, uh, you know, well, I, I, you, I believe there are... 
you know, there's so many women out there. I don't believe that there's just one person for sure. everyone. Like I believe that, you know, you can kind of, it's like whatever you can, you can live with, you know, yeah. what you can make do with yeah. somehow. And, uh, I may have already blown that, but maybe that's interesting. What people, I was just thinking of this today. People often fall in love with coworkers and stuff. They often like the people that they just happen to be around yes. and then they fall deeply, truly in love with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are the chances? The yeah. skeptic says, but then I'm kind of like, maybe that's just how it is. But then what troubles me is how many times can we do that? Right. Cause when I was young, I would, I would date someone. I would sleep with them, and then it was on. I was in love with them. Right. Like, it was real. And now I'm, like, a grown-up, and I'm cautious, and I guard myself a right. little bit appropriately. Right. I have boundaries, all this yeah. stuff. So much better when I was just young and stupid and just like, let's just dive in. What could possibly go wrong? Right. And now here I am asking, asking you for, <laughs> for, uh, for tidbits. Well, oh, let me God. ask you about that person Gosh, without getting specific. Were they in comedy? Was that person in comedy? This person that you're kind of like... Yes. They were, so they understood the, the idea. Yes. Writer? Performer? Uh, a little both. A little both? Yeah. So they understood it. I may be covering the identity by just like th- throwing out a little of both. Oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> yeah, totally okay. fine. I, I don't want to ask any, anything. I actually don't even want to get specific. Yeah, well, yeah. I just know it's a person who would be mortified <laughs> by the, their, their mere, the inference that it might be them. Right. Even though I get drunk and text this person <laughs> at different times. <laughs> in vino uh, yeah, there Oh, I oh, like that. Okay, put that Ooh, on a t-shirt. Boy. Okay. The annoying family. There's a cutaway for you. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. Wait, that's what you say? I'm, I'm now you just made me think of Dallas, Texas. <laughs> but I don't know. That's great. That's something. Somehow that can Some work. Some sort of t-shirt. Yeah. I do t-shirts for the college humor guys. You ever have a t-shirt you want to make 400 bucks? Let me know. Ooh. Okay. 400. Yeah. Nice. Let me know. Let nice. me know. Nice. Uh, oh, well, okay. So yeah. they, and I, I know I've said this every time this comes up, is TJ and I, TJ Miller. I don't know if you know TJ. Yeah. We're often talking about like, it would almost be like a surgeon. Somebody that like understands what it means to be in love with your job. Right. So like that seems to be a requisite. If you are dating someone and I, am I wrong in assuming that you love your job? I do. I do. No, you're not wrong. I know that they're, they're difficult times. Yes. Long no, hours, but I, I love it. I love it. I love but it. You, you mentioned laughing a lot. And, a lot. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I have to imagine that like, like me, you love your job. Yeah. So if you date somebody that doesn't love their job, that's like an alcoholic dating a non-alcoholic. You get drunk on your job and you're with a sober person that works at H&R Block or whatever. No, right. I'm not putting that down. Yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying if you hate your job and you're with someone that loves your job, two things are going to happen. Either they're going to get sober, meaning they're going to f- start doing what they love, or they're going to fucking resent you forever. And right. stab you with a knife. Wow. This every, is... every night. They won't <laughs> kill you. Night. They'll stab you every night with a knife. <laughs> and Just every, a little bit. Yeah, and every night you'll be like, what is happening? <laughs> Some, you're, you're asleep and you don't put it together. All right. So uh, in, your, in your one case, you found someone that loved their job because they were in comedy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So and then, yeah, yeah, and it just it was just a thing where it was my own uh, ego, and and I just wanted. Oh, you went. Wanted, well, I mean, I, I guess I would have to say that yes, that was the case, and I felt like it was the right thing to do at the time, and then I've regretted your ego it. Regretted it. it. Your ego ended it. My ego, my just my my the I'm a. We'll get to this later, but I'm <laughs> a firm non-believer in God. Okay, so I feel like. 
I think there's just a part of me that feels like I am just kind of part of nature and more like animalistic in my desires. And it seems unrealistic in some ways to even shoot for this goal of marriage and kids, because I'm always going to be wanting to like have sex with somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I think that I had those thoughts and like, obviously this is a person who I, I was never, I was not going to cheat on this person. And, uh, not that I've never done that before, but I mean, I just, it, I so cared for this person that it was like, shoot, I, now I have to break up with them because I feel like I want to go have sex with other people. Okay. And, and so that, that side of your ego, the ego that wanted to, the ego that is like, I know that if I am single that I could go, you know, like in, and have fun that way. And, uh, so, you know, it was, it's such a, it's a, you know, the grass is always greener when because, I, I, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. To no, no, no. I, you, you, I was finished. <laughs> you just really, you gave me a painful memory. There was a, a breakup that I went through where I would listen to the fucking John May. I don't even like John Mayer. There's a John Mayer song where he says, who's it's called who says, who says I can't get stoned. It's, it's right. not even a good song necessarily. I'm defending my, I'm, I'm protecting myself in case you want to make fun of John. I, I desperately do, but I'm going to let you go with this one. It's just like, he's like, who says I can't be free. Uh, something about see all the girls I want to see or whatever, yeah. something like that and, and, and that sang directly to my ego and uh, at the time there were other reasons to break up with the person but there was a part where I was just kind of like yeah who says I can't just yeah. go and see other people like right. I deserve that and, yeah. and it, it's it's a fucking troubling part of being a dude. Yeah. In fact, it gets worse the more people you're with. Yeah. And as we've covered on this podcast, Katie, I haven't been with a lot of people. And it troubles me. Right. The bigger the number gets, you now can make this Frankenstein monster. Oh, yes. What a nightmare. Yeah. I, real quick. I grew up religious. I married the first girl I slept with. And then that, there was a certain kind of ignorant bliss to just being like, this is it. Wow. That's what sex is. I have sex with this person. And you're still married? No. <laughs> no, I got, I, was, I got married when I was 22. I got okay. divorced when I was 28. Okay. So it was a, it was a good run. Yeah. Um, but it was like just very sweet and naive. And I was just talking to my friend Moshe, who was just on the show a little while ago. And he, he's fucked just hundreds of people. Wow. And whereas I noticed slowly that... The possible deterioration of the sanctity of intercourse. Uh, it, it troubles me, specifically sexually. Mm-hmm. When you, especially if you start having sex with somebody that really winds your clock, you can't go back to coach. I know. Once you've been in first class, you'll always look for someone that like can do that for you. And that's troubling. Yeah. The angel and whore, Marilyn and uh, Jackie Kennedy. Yeah. What the fuck? We're fucked. I know. I know. I know. I know. But you know, I think uh, I think a lot of uh, the ladies are finding a way to incorporate both of the, both of those things oh, into like their that. you know into their repertoire of, sure. of being angelic at a social function, and then the horror in the bedroom. Yeah. Angel in the streets. Yeah. In the, I, and I, I mean, look at Katie because I've said that before. Yeah, we both did. We both, both look at Katie. Like, hey. huh? <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, and I think. Uh, and this is not a bad thing. I, I, I think I read somewhere recently where it's like one in three American girls under the age of, I don't know, 25 or 30 has a tattoo now. 
Really? It's like a really high number at this point. And Interesting. I, and I'm, it used to be a thing where maybe 10 yeah. years ago, and you'd see a girl with a tattoo, and you'd be like, oh my God, what yeah, happened? Daddy yeah. issues. Yeah, Look out. that's true. And now it's just like, I mean, it's I wouldn't totally accepted. I wouldn't look twice. It's totally fine now. And I kind of, I think it's kind of hot. Like I, It is kind of hot. Yeah. We were just at Starbucks, and there was a girl with a tattoo, and I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, okay. Totally. Which, when I think I was in high school, I would have been like, I know. Exactly. I yeah, you like, look at them like weirdo. Do you have a knife on you? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Was and like, now I'm just kind of like, great. Yeah. That probably indicates something positive yeah. about it, you. It, right. Sexually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But well, I think that, you know, it's, it's tough because just they're... I, I would say to you, though, what you, your fear, what it sounds like of like, going forward sexually of like it sounded like you had a fear of like you're gonna you've had a certain girls that have really wound your clock and yeah. you're worried about not not being able to recapture those kinds yeah, of moments yeah that's a concern I suppose I think that you'd be surprised that they all they're all working real hard to try and make you happy. <laughs> I, I think I think that the, you know you'll find a lot of a lot of diamonds in the rough. And yeah. a lot of uh, the opposite of something that you thought would be great and was bad, and a lot well, of something that you thought would be not much was awesome. Exactly. I I, I think you're right, and I hope you're right. I I just I did grow up in that weird uh, Christian circle. I know people that wouldn't do it dog style. Yeah. Because it was quote too pornographic. Who de- who determines that? I mean, like, what what's the determining factor well, for that? Well, that's like, an incredibly backwards thing because, first of all, sex isn't pornographic, right? Pornography is pornographic. Like, what are you yeah, what yeah. are you saying right now? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. It's so it's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah, that's strange. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I I it's not unfamiliar. Yes, you know, I mean, it doesn't shock me right. that that is the way that. You know, you were raised, or yeah. taught, that people were would teach that, but it just doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I I'm, I'm comforted by what you're saying. <laughs> so I, I'm I, signing off on doggy stuff. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> okay. <laughs> well, I, the Frankenstein monster thing seemed to resonate with you. Yeah. That does trouble yes. me. The, the insatiable nature of man to be like. I want the sense of humor of this girl and the sexuality of this girl right. and, and, and the, the way they were with my family with this girl and the, and the, what the boobs like, of this girl. And, the, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah let's, let's boil it down. Yeah. Let's reduce it even more and be like, the hips of this. Right. The, it's, totally. it's kind of maddening. It's one of the weirdest um, cravings of, uh, that I've experienced. And I'll tell you, when I had only been with one person, I didn't have it. I just, right. I just was kind of like, but I look back at that and I'm kind of like, I wasn't really living. Right. I was kind of practicing a daily type of hypnosis. Yes, almost. I was going to say you'd brainwash yourself. I had brainwashed bit. myself. But and that's kind of the plan. Yeah, I think. I mean, that's kind of the whole plan with family and marriage a little bit. As you, and you, religion, I was actually yes. thinking too. Yeah, well, yes. I wonder if that'll merge nicely into our third topic. That's right. Yeah, well, I think, you know, certainly family and marriage go hand in hand with religion. Are you not a fan? Of religion? Of family and marriage. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's something that I think I want to do. But right. then again, it, it's at odds with my feelings about God and everything. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I'm well, still uncertain. The, la- the last episode was Sarah, and we were talking about how you have to weigh the idea of being with somebody. And then, like, I look at your apartment. I want to be here alone. Uh, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I 
see it. I see yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I see bathrobes. I see drinking milk from the carton. Yeah. And I see uh, watching the second season of Mad Men, which yeah. I just did. And that, that, that's amazing. Yeah. So, like, I live this lifestyle where I, if my manager was like, we want you to go to Spain for a month and just do comedy in Spanish, I would be like, fantastic. Great. And then at the same time, someone will be like, do you want to have a family? I'm like, yeah. Just knee jerk. I'm like, I do. Of course. Yeah, right. If I don't have, like, a little toe-headed boy that I chase around my house... I failed. Sometimes right. I fucked up exactly. in some way. Exactly. But then on the it's almost the angel and whore version of life. Right. Right. It's kind of like I want the the, the angel the, of life, but the horror of being single. Exactly. And, yeah. I want the horror version of life where I can just go to. I don't do this, but could go to. I could. Andy Milanakis tweeted this where he was like, "I could burn my house down. I'm not going to, but I could." Right. Right. And like right. I like that, and I was like, I totally understand what yes. you're talking about. But then you also want a family in that house, right? <laughs> <laughs> when it burns. <laughs> <laughs> As it burns right. and you lock the doors. And then you're free again. Yes. Somebody's going to hear that and be like, that's a good idea. <laughs> Terrifying. So I think we're, we're, we're struggling with, with, similar, with similar man issues. Yeah. But yeah. that, that does, I, I am very interested because I'm so happy that you have an opinion about religion. Yeah. The only thing that I uh, hate, I'm very open, not that I think you're afraid of offending me. I am just so turned on by the idea of people having any opinion right. about religion, okay. even if it's like, Absolutely not. In right. fact, it offends me. God is not great. I read that book, all that sort of stuff. Right. Great. Lay it on me. Right. So okay. what, what, is, what is your deal? Well, I mean, I am not religious. I don't, I'm Jewish. Yudin. I don't practice Yudin. <laughs> I don't practice, uh, you know, any of it. And Raised? Uh, I mean, I had a bar mitzvah. And, uh, and then done? Yeah, totally. Just yeah. like a, maybe the high holidays every once in a while. Um. But I just don't give a shit. I don't. I, it just my my mind tells me that it's all not true. Your yeah. rational brain, right? I just feel like there's a part of me that I mean, all uh, just my whole mind is confident in the fact that it's science, and that when you're dead, it's just lights out, and you've just been this this thing that is you know a, a bag of science, that a bag is, of water and electricity, right? That just is, was that from your act the other night? That I do say yes, that. In yes, my yes, act. that's that's a good what, way of putting these, it. These horrible, troubling issues have been. That was a, yeah. a, a friend of mine uh, named Love L U V H uh, who went to Harvard, who wrote on a show that I was on. Used to say, I used to ask him about yeah. religion because I'm, I'm a dork and I'm like interested in Harvard people. Yeah. I was like, what about religion? He was like, we're just bags of water and like yeah. And I was like, that's and yeah. as I say in the bed, I'm like that brings everybody down and that's horrible, right? But if you could tell me that, and I've said this many times, if you could tell me that when we're dead, it's over, I would find comfort in that. Yes. I'm afraid of dying and then being judged in an elaborate yeah. and comical... <laughs> like I just of. can't see that that would ever... I mean, that just... It flies in the face of of everything that my mind tells me is true about yeah. the nature of the universe. It's so funny. My good friend Kumail, also an atheist. You know Kumail? I don't think He's so. He's a funny comedian. Uh, you should check him out. He, um, Kumail Nanjiani. He says, we had a friend that saw ghosts, okay? He was a big stoner. Yeah. And he would be like, like we're sitting right now and there's an empty chair. He'd be like, there's an old lady sitting right here. He'd say that sort yeah. of stuff all the time. And I said to Kumail, my atheist friend, who's very intellectual and smart, I was like, Kumail, our friend thinks he sees ghosts. And he said, Pete, either everything I believe isn't true or he's not seeing ghosts. <laughs> right, right, you know, right. the idea that, like, yeah. it just doesn't add up. Right. So 
Unfortunately, if you're in this position, uh, which I understand, if I tell if you go to like a psychic or if and they just nail you or you right. see a ghost or right. you just see something inexplicable, yes. I walk on water. I right. feed five thousand people with some fish. Uh, any of the miracles of the Bible, right. you would have to be like. Either this is bullshit, and that psychic Googled me and right. went out of their way to research all this sort of stuff, right. or everything I believe isn't true. Well, you know, uh, maybe this is uh, a double standard or not right, but my mind is a little more open to, um, like, ghosts, I would say, than That's religion. That's so funny. I know. It's, so I, funny. I think this is just like the horror movie, you know, X-Files guy. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Or conspiracy guy. I love conspiracy. Yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, I, so I would be more that- inclined to believe... I, and I understand that the theory about ghosts is like that there are sort of spirits trapped in, in between the afterlife and here. Right. I, I don't know, you know... I can't quite explain why I feel like there's a legitimacy to ghosts that doesn't extend to like a great, you know, bearded deity right. in a cloud waiting to, to sit in judgment. Right. I feel like ghosts could be an extension of the electricity and water bag. Right. You know, like I don't, I, I can't, couldn't, can, couldn't no, explain I, it. I totally get it. Um, but. Well played. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm more open to it. So it's like I don't, I don't want to appear like one of the – I mean – No, I'm happy you know, to But that. I mean I don't want to see – to be like one of those joyless people like, nope, no God, forget it. It's over and there's nothing. There's no mystery. Right. But like I do feel like there's mystery and I certainly believe in – extraterrestrials sure. like much sooner than I would believe in God you know I'd believe in an alien invasion right but it seems much more likely to me with the, right. with the infinite nature of the universe but yeah. then again if the if the universe is infinite and it never ends who's to say that if it never ends then maybe there is something like a God out there right like if 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 it just never stops and is filled with so many things, like right? Maybe that is out there too. I think about that all the time. How the world never, the universe doesn't end. I know it's it, weird. It's right there to think about it anytime. You're I bored know. on your commute. It's just like, what the fuck? I know. And and do you think that there will ever be a generate? You know, people on Earth that will be able to travel to all around it? Yeah, I I kind of do. Have you seen The Transcendent Man? We talk about the singularity a lot on this show. Netflix, instant, bro. Get into it. I saw some weed over there. Get into it. (laughs) It's like uh, he believes that like in the not too distant future that like everything will have consciousness basically. Like plants will have computers in them and all this sort of stuff. And then like he's like when people ask me if I believe in God, he says, yes, I just don't think he exists yet. Oh. That he thinks we're going to give the universe consciousness. Oh, that'd be awesome. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I and who's going to decide what, what the consciousness is? I know. Yeah. Well, well, the thing is, is that the technology will be such that it can kind of invent itself. Oh, scary. Yeah, very scary. Scary. That's the third. We were just talking about modern warfare. That's the yeah. third world war is that uh, um, scared people, which will all be scared, and then people that want uh, computers in our bodies and stuff yeah. and like artificial intelligence wow. and to yield to that type of evolutionary progress. I'll and yield. Then, 
Yeah, we uh, we both have iPhones in our pockets, right? We yeah. have computers constantly around us. We all, everybody at this table has Siri. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like uh-huh. the no, idea. I well, I know you don't, but you'll get it. Yeah. Uh, the idea that like uh, people are uncomfortable with that, I totally get. And then the idea of people being okay with that, oh, you I'll should, give you should, in. I'll give in instantly. I, I I'm so. Uh, uh, you know, I would I would give in to the Borg. I would, yeah. uh, you know, I just, I, I would be the first one to let them insert something into my brainstem and just be, yeah. you know, in, in an ooze, just having good thoughts forever. Yeah. You know? they're, they're doing that sort of stuff. No. 2029 is the year that we have to make Ooh. it to. So you're good. Well, no, I heard, and now... I see people, I'm like, quit smoking until 2029, because we'll have micro things to clean your to lungs. To clean your body. But, of course... There's a there's another issue of like you can't let everyone live because the where would it where would everyone go like where will where would everyone, oh interesting you know because like if if people aren't dying then well then speaking of conspiracies we talk about the uh, shadow government and the new world order and reducing the population of right. the earth by yes. three three fourths I believe yeah. is the uh, the initiative and then having a slave race. I mean, sure. Let's build, yeah. let's buy some land under the Denver airport and talk about it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it could be it could be uh, 2012. Who knows? Yeah. Oh, that's the year that the what the Mayan calendar said. And yeah. That, and John Cusack said right in that. Movie. And also John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the new theory is that it's not the end of the world; it's the beginning of a global consciousness. It's the Ooh. idea that like some sort of veil will be lifted. Oh. This is what I prefer to think, okay. as opposed to falling out of the sky. Daniel Tosh has a, a, an amazing bit where he's like, I don't want to die. I want all of us to die. Right. And I think that's great. If yeah. the world does fall out of the sky, I'll die happy and be yeah. like, this, we're all dying together. Ugh. It's kind of like when Die Hard is on TV and we watch it. It, it comforts me because I'm like, we're all watching Die Hard. Right. Me and thousands of people I are watching it. Die Hard right now. So okay. if we all kind of die, I'll, don't, don't get me wrong, I'll be terrified and it'll yeah. be horrible. But there'll be like a weird kind of like... I, I was there. I was there at the end of yeah. the world. I but, just wanted to see if I could masturbate in time ah, when it was all ending. This is what we always talk about. <laughs> this comes up so fucking often. I thought the world was going to end, and I didn't masturbate for fear of uh, judgment. It comes oh, up so often so in the religion portion. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't masturbate. No, I, wa- I want to shake St. Peter's hand with jizz yeah. on it. Oh, God. <laughs> come hands. Come and he'd hands. say, you know what? You passed the test. Ah, Get in there. Because you loved yourself. That's right. That's the first step. <laughs> Learning to love yourself is that the is, greatest love of all. Are, do you do that at all? What? This is like, I'm 32. Masturbate? I, no, no, no. <laughs> De- definitely. Yeah. But uh, just loving yourself. I was just talking about this. <clears throat> well, you know, I, I, have, I have a problem with this because I, I think I have a lot of trouble with it, but I think mostly I'm, al- I'm alarmed and hate myself for how much I love myself in a way. It's like I can go back and like get lost for an hour like reading my old tweets yeah. and like, just be like, oh, my God. I laugh at my Am own I tweets, precious yeah. or what? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And so then I have that, but I'm desperately afraid of ever coming off like – I love myself too much or like braggadocious. So I'll avoid that to a fault to the point where it almost speaks the same thing where it's like, I can't even take a a simple compliment about anything without being like way too much of a show about Mm. how much I can't take this compliment and like, come on. And so I go in just too much of an opposite direction, uh, needlessly. Whereas I never, am able to walk a fine line coolly about how to 
be comfortable with the balance myself. That's so interesting. I've, I've talked to a number of comedians, and I, I myself relate to that idea where I will watch videos that I've made that I wrote and star in mm-hmm. and enjoy them. Oh, yeah. It's, it's masturbatory. It's indulgent. It's totally. kind of weird, but it's almost like that's what I'm hoping other people yeah. that make things are doing. Well, and I mean, and I mean <laughs> I, you're I funny. You're funny. So it's like if you enjoy it, it's sure it's funny. Why you know? not? Like, Just enjoy it. Yeah. Please enjoy it. Please enjoy it. I wish I could take my own advice. But yes, please right. enjoy it. I don't know? know if you can relate to that. I almost feel like I have nothing to do with it. That's like an older me. Oh, right. That's like a side Somebody of my else. persona. I'm just kind of like, oh, this is funny. I, I look at it like a spectator, not like, good job, me. I'm just kind of like, that's funny. I like this. Right. It's, right. This is so my sense of humor. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> this guy gets me. But I also have that same sort of thing where like, I think this is maybe what you're saying. I have intense ego. Huge, yeah. absurd ego. Totally. Embarrassing, fucking Empire State Building wingspan ego. Yes. I'm talking about And you're a big guy. You're a big, you're a big fucking guy. guy. Yeah. Huge, I come from giants, motherfucker. Yes. And then on the other side, just kind of like can't take a compliment, don't know what to say to people. Like that, feel flush, feel embarrassed, right. feel out of place yeah. sometimes you talk about being a big guy I'm 6'6 six, six, yeah. walk into a room and I'm like this is my room yeah. I want to grab everyone by the throat and just yeah. make them fucking pay attention to me right. and then more likely or, or maybe as likely I'll walk into a room and be like I gotta get the fuck out of here yeah. like I'm terrified yes. and I know every comedian feels that yeah. way I don't totally. know what to say to these people and I'm afraid of them. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Totally. That's that's totally true. And there's, so there's, it's hard to reconcile those two things. Yeah. Because they, they fight with each other and then it, it's just like I see in it, behavior in people that I know, friends, comedians, that rubs me the wrong way, you know, with how they will act or carry themselves yeah. about about their with their egos and then uh, you know i'm also aware of the i'm keenly aware of the fact that generally when something bothers me in someone else it's something that i exhibit oh, in myself and pieces I, of you yeah right jewel jewel reference was that jewel? pieces <laughs> that of you is jewel yeah okay yeah yeah um yeah but that's uh, totally true yeah it's just something that you know i realize when i'm getting annoyed Ugh. at at somebody one of my friends and and uh, that I do that too. Oh yeah. And then it always happens too with your friends when you see your friends complaining about other friends and they'll say the thing about that other person mm-hmm. that bothers them and you're like, dude, you do that exact yeah, thing. Of like, course. Yeah. Why else would you have an emotional connection to it? Here's one. Uh, if I, and I'm sure you have an equivalent, if I do a show and I do badly and then someone else goes up and does well mm-hmm. and they get off and they have that glassy look in their eyes like they just did five shots of tequila or whatever, some drug, they're literally high from the stage and they get off and the same person that was like kind of cautious and slow moving is now gregarious yes. and effusive. Totally. You know what I mean? And I look at them and I'll hate them yeah. for being in that zone right, and right. I'll resent it and I'll know fully... Even as I'm hating them, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm worse than they oh, are. God. I high five babies and like, yeah, right, girls right. and shit. Like I'm the worst. <laughs> you're, and I hate them you're, for it. You're the sailor kissing the girl in Times Square. I am. <laughs> I'm that guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. It's see well that's it's good that you recognize it and, and I I recognize the same, but it, it, it still does it hasn't Maybe it's modified my behavior slightly. It's, it's raised my awareness of those moments when I get mad. Yeah. Certainly. But yeah. it doesn't, it's hard. It's so hard to rewire, you know? Yeah. It's so hard to rewire. At least we're both, at least we're talking about it. We are. That's right. We're two guys Just talking a couple about of guys. So I, I love your God answer. Open to mystery. Yeah, I am open to mystery. And, I, you know, I, I don't believe in God only because, I mean, for many reasons, because of science and the advances of, you know, different scientific technologies and things that make it seem like it's all bullshit. And the people that are most zealous about religion always seem to be the biggest assholes and, like, you know, the people who who use it for the wrong things, people who are using it to mask something else, people who use it for money, power, you know, and that's what it... And then the whole story of Christmas and how it was co-opted from a, you know some pagan, pagan thing yeah, sure. that was just ended on the 25th and it just worked with everybody's the calendars. Solstice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, listen, I, I, I've, Jesus seems like a great guy. <laughs> like, I mean, if he was a real guy, which I, it seems like he was, and the things that he said and the lessons that he actually taught. only the Bible and Josephus wrote about Jesus. Yeah. Is that true? It's the only two historical documents about Jesus. Hmm. I don't want to make it. I hear I took a beautiful thing and I was he, like, he was, yeah, maybe not real. He was in no, no, Entertainment no. Weekly that we <laughs> must list. Sermon on the Mount. That's a fair point. What yeah. else could there be? Right. What else could there be? Um, but I, he seemed like, uh, you know, his lessons were cool and awesome and great. And you hear that a lot, you know, from different people. It's just the way that everybody took what he said and, and turned it into just insanity. I yeah. Mean, the Spanish Inquisition was like 350 years of people just killing in the people. dark age. Yeah. Oh, all I that mean, stuff. It's, and the crusades that Burning lasted down, a thousand years. What was that library that we burned down that had all the philosophy in it? I, I don't know. Some, some amazing Grecian library. The Reagan library. The Reagan library. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's currently, currently burning. No, you're absolutely right. I, I, I think, I think that to me sounds like, uh, not to diagnose you, <laughs> you have an open heart. I hope, so. boy, I hope so. I read that off a clipboard. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, you have an open heart. Oh, boy. <laughs> I love that. Let me see if I have anything on my list that I forgot. Uh, oh, you wrote Steroids. Yes. Oh, thank I you. Again, you know, the, yes. the, the, the room stuff, but it's a lot of stuff sure. from the original still in there. Do you have a favorite joke that you remember? Like, not of Steroids, but in general that you're like, I wish people knew that was my joke. Oh, God. You know, that's such a good question. And I feel like I'm asked that. Often and I never have the right answer. Yeah. I just feel like I'm working in a coal mine, and yeah. I'm down there, and I chip away, and I know that I get a ton of shit in the show that yeah, I'm really yeah, happy yeah. with. Do you but, ever watch it and you're like, "Oh yeah, that was me. I love that." Always, yeah. always. And yeah. you know, I am, as you said, you saw a bag of weed over there. I've been smoking pot steadily almost every day since I was 19. <laughs> so this is like you know, half of my life. I, I don't mean to generalize. You're very sharp, though. Yeah, I well, mean, like, it's all it's all starting to come unraveled. Uh, but uh, you're catching me at the end of Rome here. That's but uh, <laughs> let's burn down a library. That's right. We don't know which one. But it's, uh, but uh, so my memory for things and and this kills me too. This makes me upset at myself and at other people. But there are people on the show. And I know I've actually done it here tonight, so I'm proving my all of my points here. Where I remember 
certain jokes that other people have pitched. Yeah. And like, but I have no memory of like all the jokes. I can't sit there and categorize them all. And I think I've purposely tried not to do that because I want to be known as a person who doesn't care and is yeah, casual about it, but yeah. I'm not. And I really do kind of, when I, when I see them on the show, I'm like, no, no, right. you know, uh, Oh God, if I've had a cocktail, I've watched a show that I write for with a girlfriend or something. Oh, and you're like, I'm the worst. Mm-hmm. I'll pause it. Yeah. And, and fucking explain the tell the yeah. war story of how I fought to yeah. get it in. Oh, that's great. I love it. I also love the same it. thing. I've I also love thing. it. I've done the same thing. And, uh, it's just it's tough because it's like that's the it's the ultimate you know it's like you want credit you want people to say that was funny and say yeah. that I wrote that yeah and, uh, my mom it's actually on the other side of my fridge my mom sent me a, a New Yorker uh, cartoon clipping mm. that's like uh, like a jester in a crowd with like another guy and there's like a king up on the balcony like talking and the jester looks at the other guy and he's like my joke. Yeah. Ah, and so my mom sent that to me. That's great. So, and that that kind of captures it perfectly. Oh, that's so fantastic. Like, yeah. I love that so much. What were we talking about? Now I'm just thinking about cartoon characters. God. God? I felt like there was something else. Katie! God? Katie! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, I was asking what your favorite jokes oh, were. Yeah, steroids. Yeah, um, yeah I you know. I, I, oh, weed. I've, I've that's actually what it was. It was weed. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, it seems like a, you've had a lot of Family Guy episodes that are that are pro weed, and I, I have a weird relationship with pot. I've probably smoked it thirty times in my life. Okay, uh, and that was all since I was twenty eight. So that's in the past forty years. Sure, I kind of wish I never had because my brain feels different since I smoked it. I blank a lot more, like oh, I just wow. did. Not everybody's that way, right? I, one of my best friends, uh, he wouldn't mind me saying, Matt McCarthy is the guy in all the videos that we do. Right, um, the redhead. Uh, he smokes weed a lot. Yeah. And he is sharp. He remembers everything mm-hmm. and uh, never forgets a joke, doesn't forget a face, doesn't forget a place, doesn't forget an address, doesn't forget a phone number. Right. And, I, and I've smoked it, like I said, 30 times over 40 years. That's not that much. And I'll be like, Katie, what are we talking about? Every podcast. Right. I blank and I panic and I, I, and I, I don't know what to think. I feel like I, I, too, have definite blank spots. I feel like I have... Um like a, a good memory for movies and TV and songs yeah. and that kind of stuff. But oftentimes I, you know, it's that cliched thing of like, I just, I don't remember. Oh, I just talked to you about this. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, did you see that thing? Like, yeah, yeah. You just asked me that question. But you I'm know like, what? Oh. I don't, I don't know if that's weed because a, a lot of my friends are sober. I like hanging out with sober people because they like going on walks and talking about comedy, which is two things I like. And, uh, <laughs> they, uh, Chelsea, who we talk about every podcast, She's a good friend of mine, Chelsea Peretti. Oh, I love her. She's the best. I retweeted her today. Oh, mm-hmm. better than a fave. Yeah, better it is. It is. Well, what, you what know, she tweet? challenged she me too. Uh, that little jerk. I because I she fucking I, speaking of a jerk. I tweeted at you, and she. Uh, I said, "Nice to meet you at Bar Lubitsch," and I said, or as I like to call it, "Bar Nice to Meet You Itch." Oh, like totally I didn't see that. Oh, really? No, fuck, I didn't see that. Oh, I tweeted that at you just to be like, "Hey, let's be Twitter yeah, yeah, friends." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she replied to that, kill yourself. <laughs> oh, but by the way, the joke of hers that I retweeted was very similar to that joke. Which is? Bar- she said, uh, it was like, did you know, you know, Ital- this is how Italians yes. laugh. Yeah, and it was like, ha, 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 ini. Yeah. Like, ha, 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 tucci. Ha, yeah, 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 ha, ha, yeah. esca. Yeah. And I thought that was hilarious. And so I sent her a message. I said, I wish I could... Give triple fave star that Italian laughing tweet. And her instant response was, 
well, why don't you just retweet it? Ah. <laughs> like what you just said uh, earlier. That's and so I did, funny. and I did, because I will do anything that women ask me to do. Ah, but it's I, the best. But uh, yes, I did instantly. I mean, she's hilarious. She anyway. is hilarious. She's I best. actually would like to say uh, we were together when she said that, and we laughed for 20 minutes, and then I was... Uh, she, uh, she doesn't need me to say tweet it. She was like, I'm going to tweet that. Oh. And she actually waited for prime time to tweet it. Oh, she oh my like, God, I, I love that you guys are day. aware yeah. that Prime time. Well, it was like it was like nine o'clock on the West Coast, so I mean, like no yeah, one in New York yeah, is going to yeah, see. It. Yeah. And we the whole day we were going. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> it started with we had lunch <laughs> and we were eating. Uh, she had like uh, roti. Uh, what's it called? Rigatoni. Yeah. And she just going. It's a delicious. So oh, yeah. It's a delicious. And she wouldn't stop doing that. <laughs> and then she just going. Hey. Yeah, and great. then she was like, "How do it?" She's like building it. God, we should just devote a portion of every podcast to talking about. Chelsea, this oh, is fucking embarrassing. That's great, though. That is, that is that's the, that, perfect. That is the greatest. She's very funny. I ran into her in the Oakland airport once. It was a very oh, fun, fun encounter. God, because she, I was sadly sitting by myself at a, the Burger King ah. in the Oakland airport. And she, oh no! So this was the interaction. She's walking down a very long hallway. I'm sitting there eating my Whopper, and she does this thing where she's rolling a bag. She walks by, looks at me. And then continues to walk by. Ah. And so I tweeted, like, at Chelsea Peretti, just walked right past me, looked me in the eye, and continued walking. I really have a way with the ladies. Ah. And then she writes back, like, where are you, you idiot? And, you know, Wait, she, she didn't past. see you? Well, she was, she was like, I wasn't sure it was you. Ah. <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> and that's when I took a picture of her, and she was slouching, and I tweeted, Osteo Peretti. That's the <laughs> yeah. best. She's that's truly great. One of her little fun poses. That's truly great. You got to tell her to drop the wolf thing, though. Why? You don't care for it? The wolves are out. <laughs> Isn't that a Game of Thrones reference? <laughs> Is it? Well, I, I think that she, yes, she she has that. But it's also, there's yeah, like a, there's a whole wolf culture now like, that's like people wear wolf t-shirts and have like wolf ironic you know oh, sheets i don't and like, know if that's what she's doing is it i thought it was it's, co- it's coming stuff. off that way you're ready let's do it with siri <laughs> text chelsea alex sulkin says stop the wolf thing already it's not gonna work <laughs> how would it recognize chelsea well maybe chelsea Peretti. it's the only chelsea i have in my phone yeah alex sulkin is oh, well, you can my get it phone later. is off no, it's not. It should have done it. Fuck you, Siri. Fuck you, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Jobs' legacy. Now, now. Fuck is you. Is this? Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Ah! <laughs> this is great, man. That feels like a natural ending. Yeah. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. We got to have you back on. Pleasure. I really Absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. Sorry for butting her bread so aggressively. We end every episode. Mm. We say uh, keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Alex Sulkin, at the Sulk on Twitter. Thanks, guys. Crispy. Now leaving Nerdist.com.